A lot of football news and notes to get to. Bottom of the hour, Craig Carton joins us. FanDuel ambassador, but not for the angle that you're thinking. Mm. Coming up, we'll talk with Craig coming up at the bottom of the hour. Doug Williams at 11 o'clock. Chris's conversation with the Super Bowl MVP coming up at 11 o'clock this morning. Um, I want to start here in uh, touchdown at 10 with... Roger Goodell and the state of the league address. Yeah. You know, one of the Washington reporters, likely, it's probably going to be Maskey or Nikki. Uh, maybe, I don't know if Kime is there either. No. So, Maskey is always the one that gets yeah, one of the first questions. Right. So, it'll probably be so him, probably even be though him. he's a NFL writer. He obviously, working for the Washington right. Post, you know, has a lean Isn't towards that situation. Even the question, any subject, any angle they they broach with Dan Snyder, mm-hmm. isn't the uh, isn't the answer obvious from Roger Goodell? At least it is in my mind uh, right now, as it pertains to the current Washington owner. Uh, is it anything other than there's a sale process taking place? Mm-hmm. And uh, we really don't have any comment until a transaction is made. Yeah, there's going to be a gigantic nothing burger right here. I, I mean, and and maybe Nikki will then ask a follow up ten questions later or whatever it might be, and they'll try. You're not going to get anything from Roger Goodell, and nor should you. I, I mean, quite honestly, I, like like here's here's the thing that I would like some. I, I wish somebody would ask, a- and maybe. Again, in a press conference, it is a very, very difficult thing. What happens? What happens if Dan can't find a buyer? For whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Remember what I talked about the other day? Which, you know, like people just poo-poo and they, they just think Dan's automatically going to sell. Tick, 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 freaking tick, 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 tick. We're still waiting for the Nationals to get Look, a sale. We, we, We're still wa- waiting we just the- watched two Major League Baseball teams basically get taken yeah, off the market. Yeah. So I, I mean, like, it's absurd to think that this is a guaranteed done deal. What happens if Dan Snyder doesn't make a deal? What happens if Dan Snyder can't get what he determines to be fair market price or fair market value? Mm-hmm. Mr. Commissioner, what is the process? Well, you know, we're going to, you know, in, in, in fairness, we're going to let due process play out. Ba, 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 ba. It's one of those times where the, I wish you could like get Roger off on the side somewhere and where you could get one shred, one ounce of honesty. one iota of honesty <laughs> off the record, on the record, whatever it might be. You know what I'm saying? Because we're going to walk away again, I'm sure with a big nothing, bro. Like remember last year at this Wednesday before the Super Bowl press conference, and it used to be on a Friday, now they moved it to a Wednesday. We did actually get something because it was one year ago today, I'm not sure the date matches up, but the Wednesday morning of Super Bowl week that they leaked first to John Kime, then everyone picked up on it, that they, the commanders, were launching a second investigation into the new allegations of Tiffany Johnston and Jason Friedman and they were going to be conducting it. And the NFL immediately said, uh, yeah, no bleeping chance. And Roger <laughs> Goodell threw Dan Snyder under a freaking 18-wheeler at that press conference. I mean, he did it several times, as a matter of fact, before and during that press conference. I would be very surprised, wouldn't you, if we get anything close to that 
here's the question that maybe maybe you could get some semblance of an answer from Roger on the Washington situation. And that would be, and again, I circle back to what the league said two years ago about the underperforming franchises. I would say to I would say to Roger, you know, do you and the rest of NFL ownership feel you're getting maximum performance out of the Washington franchise right now? Well, how do they answer that other than to say no? That, but again, that's what you're trying yeah. to get. Right. You're trying to get him to say something of right. substance. Right. And I think that is a good question to broach it on saying, do you think you're getting maximum performance? It's just like he's got, it's like Rogers got 32 players on a board. Okay. You got some franchises that are, you know, look, Cowboys, we know doing great. Um, but do you feel like you're getting maximum performance out of, you know, the Washington franchise? The answer would have to be no, and at least it expand it allows expansion of okay, why, where are they lacking that uh, that makes you say um, that they're not performing at maximum potential at this time, and and maybe it allows him to get into some of the business. Uh, more of the business things like he did a couple of years ago when they were talking about how Detroit, Cincinnati, Washington were so far behind on ticket sales and, and things of that nature, which are obviously revenue uh, sharing uh, things for uh, the rest of the league. They, the rest of the league you know, participates in that. So it would at least allow Roger to get into some sort of specific answer uh, about the team. Uh, and, and, you know, I, but because otherwise he's not, He's just not going to give you anything. Rogers, Rogers, the king of giving you nothing. He's worse than Mike Shanahan at a press conference. Well, I don't know if Mike. Sh- I don't know if Rogers ever said, "Well, I, I, I'm, I'm actually telling you the truth." Normally, I lie to you guys. <laughs> Mike once busted that out, which, which well, at you least know, he was honest. I mean, it was it, it was the funniest thing because he was like, uh. Well, I'm actually going to tell you the truth because normally I I completely fib to you guys. Um, yeah, Rogers never. You're I not can't gonna, say you're that. Not Roger, getting any answers on? You're not getting any answers on. Uh, if there's no if no sale goes down, would you pursue more action against you know the owner to get right, him out? Right. And 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 that's my question. Like, if Dan doesn't get a a a deal agreed to at some point in the near future, March, May, what have you, if Dan doesn't get a deal agreed to in the near future, what is the next step? What is the next step? That's generic and vague and open Mm -hmm. enough for him to say, well, we keep trying. We keep proceeding. We keep trying to find and identify the right bidders. We're still we waiting on Mary Joe White's investigation. Yeah, we're still waiting on Mary Joe White. Hell, we're still waiting on Jeff Bezos to get involved. Here's another question that you can obviously ask. If you're Nikki, Mark Maskey, Jason Reed, anybody with a Washington connection, was it disappointing to you that Jeff Bezos reportedly, reportedly, is not involved in the first round of submitted bids for Dan Snyder and the Commanders? Was it disappointing in any way? Was it expected? See what he says. Yeah, well, I mean, I remember. Mean, might not answer Amazon it, but I mean, at least. Already- Here's the thing. Amazon's already put a significant intra, uh, oh, sure. investment into the uh, NFL. Um, and and I, I, I think another question could be uh, in any way based on, and, and you'd have to say based on, you know, the, the leadership of the organization as you know it, 
would there be any conflict of interest with Amazon being a TV partner and, you know, Jeff Bezos them becoming an owner. Listen, I, we've discussed this before. Not in my eyes. I, I don't think in your eyes, right? I, I mean, like, to me, like, what the hell's the difference? Yeah. First of all, he isn't he supposedly, like, retiring or mm-hmm. whatever as Amazon CEO or whatever his title is? Uh, that's number one. Number two, I, I mean, listen, if, if Rupert Murdoch wanted to buy – is Rupert Murdoch still in charge of Fox? Mm-hmm. I think he is. If Rupert Murdoch wanted to buy a team, if he wanted to buy the Seattle Seahawks or the Denver Broncos or the Washington Commanders, would the NFL say, Rupee, go back, go go back to your little no, cabin? They, they'd say, why are the funds right now? We'll right. take them. Exactly. So, I, I mean, like, I don't think, again, I could be totally wrong here. I don't think, and I have not heard anybody say it would be a problem but I don't think in any way, shape, or form there should be a problem for Jeff Bezos, especially if he's allegedly retired, whatever his situation is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, whether he is or he isn't, he's still the Amazon guy. He's still the guy that built the Amazon empire. The bottom line is he's good for business. His money is good for business. You need to – in Washington, D.C., in Washington, D.C., you need a bigger fix than just finding any owner. You can't have somebody, quite honestly, that is worth a billion and a half dollars, according to Forbes, or two billion, or two and a half billion. Because you know what could happen? You could get said person to buy that team, find a way to pony up the initial, I think it's like 30% or whatever it is. You could find that guy. How's that guy going to get, A, the rest of the money, and B, just as important or more as impo- or more important to us, to us here mm-hmm. in the Washington, D.C. area, how's he going to get that shovel in the dirt unless somebody comes along? And I know there was a big Virginia story yesterday, well, and I don't quite understand all the details. That's where I was going. Yeah. And, and, well, I think the key is, is just like Maryland has, and Maryland has made significant investment We've seen a lot of the dollars and the investment uh, that they're putting back in. Maryland Stadium Authority is putting back into the Ravens, putting back into the Orioles, allegedly. Um, now Virginia is coming, wants to, is talking about coming up with a stadium authority of their own, uh, putting that together. And the General Assembly, you know, still wants to have that power, you know, to uh, decide whether. Uh, they want to make that kind of commercial investment uh, in the state, but it would still be the General Assembly, not necessarily the stadium authority that rules on that if they get a right. stadium authority together in Virginia. But they are at but least But that now, part's got to get get past the point first, is though, right? They are at least now in exploratory talks right. to put together a stadium authority, which means there would at least be a, a conduit between the General Assembly and Virginia and the Washington franchise on a potential new stadium right. where where it's looked at in a positive light. In other words, this stadium authority would would actively be seeking to put together a relationship right. Right. and a potential deal with the Washington franchise if, obviously, the General Assembly, the stadium authority, all can come together and, and deem it to be uh, a worthwhile venture 
because it's going to take a lot of state money. Refresh my to memory. Make that Last summer or spring, we did not actually get to the stadium authority. It was just a bunch of politicians that Correct. were trying to get the there funding. There is no stadium authority right, right now. There is okay. no stadium authority. So, so that being said, if you actually do get a stadium authority to be recreated or created, because I know there was one, you know, that was uh, for the Nationals and so on and so forth. If you get that, I think that's a positive step in the right direction, because we know this. Virginia wants the damn team. Mm-hmm. Virginia wants to build the stadium. Even if they're going to be called the Washington Commanders, Virginia wants the tax money and the sure. revenue and the tourism from a stadium on game days. And more importantly, or just as important, Virginia wants Virginia wants those players, the coaches, the organization to live in the Commonwealth because of the enormous amount of money that they make and therefore have to pay in taxes and, 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 and living costs and so on and so forth, right? I mean, it's great for all sorts of reasons. Now, that being said, they pretty much made it clear. Who was uh, – we had Chad Peterson on uh, mm-hmm. last summer. I forget. I think that was like right mid-June, whatever, when everything was officially unraveling. And I haven't talked to anybody on this, so I'm just kind of speculating. They, when that all unraveled, everybody thought, oh, Virginia's out. Virginia has no interest. No, 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 no. Virginia has interest. Virginia very much has interest. You know how we have interest? We're either going to give a creative package to an owner that we like, <clears throat> i.e. Jeff Bezos, who, oh, by the way, who, by the way, built Amazon HQ2 with all of the construction all of the tax money, all of the revenue, all of the jobs, all of the everything that came along with that and comes along with it for years and years and years. Jeff Bezos did it. And if it's not Jeff Bezos, okay, well, he's got his hands tied. He wants to go wherever he wants to do. He's got Thursday night football. Eventually, he's going to buy everything or whatever. The, we'll, we'll, we'll find somebody else that we like, right. somebody else that we can easily yes. pass through. And they know, Pete, they knew, they know if they get Byron Allen, uh, um, Todd Harris. If you get anybody not anyone, named Dan anyone, Snyder, people that, will support it. That, that's exactly right. Because they knew they weren't going to get the most bang for their buck. Uh, you know, in this case, the new proposal, according to the Washington Business Journal story, the General Assembly, not the stadium authority, would negotiate the final call on potential stadium deal, ensuring, quote, any package of potential incentives is developed in the best interest of Virginia taxpayers, which we talked about. And the new proposal would give both the state and football team one year to hammer out a deal. It got its first reading Tuesday on the House floor. Later this week, it gets a second reading where it might be further amended. Mm-hmm. And the third reading for a final up or down vote, if approved by the House, It will go to the Senate potentially for still more amendments. Last year's version of the stadium bill would have empowered the authority itself, just if the creation of the stadium authority, to negotiate and enter into a developmental agreement. This, because of the way it's amended, um, you know, puts the onus back on the stadium uh, authority. No, the General Assembly. Okay, uh, not the stadium authority. Again, the stadium authority is going to become a conduit between the team. In other words, they're gonna they're gonna sit. The stadium authority will sit with the team, put to put together the project, and then go to the stadium, to go to the general assembly, and say, okay, here's what we're talking about. Here's what it will cost. Here's where we want to put it. 
how much money is the state willing to put toward those projects mm-hmm. to get that team in Virginia? As I said, the the they have a they would have a year if if approved they would have a year from that time to hammer out a deal. The authority and the team, right? If the team is amenable to doing, I mean, the team, the new owner is going to have to want to do it as yeah. well. well. But this shows you again. This is kind of flashing that signal out there to the new owner, like, hey, we're open for business. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're willing to talk to you. Because you haven't seen this from D.C. other than what Mayor Muriel Bowser has said, which is, yeah, we'd love to have the team here, but she hasn't like gone to any like meteoric type steps or shown any legitimate, real like process, if you will, to build a new stadium. She's talked about it. I mean, I can talk about losing weight until I actually do it. Well, you're going you know to what I'm saying? Him. You're trying. Yeah, trying, but not trying hard enough. But you, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. She's trying to get the team back here. She ain't trying hard enough. Well, we all, you know, we already know it can only go one place. I, I understand, but she's not trying hard enough to make that happen. Maryland is saying, "Hey, you know what? Uh, we're willing to do this, but we're not willing to build a new stadium because you already have the property." Virginia, see, here's the difference, and here's where Virginia is in a little bit of trouble here in terms of making all this work, is not only do you have to finance the stadium and the infrastructure around it, but or, or at least partially finance the stadium, and the infrastructure around it, and then the surrounding entertainment district around it help in some sort of way, whatever, because that's jobs, that's construction, that's this, that's that, that's tax money, that's all that. So there is a benefit, but they have to actually have and service the property, mm-hmm. right? Whether it be for purchase, loan, mortgage, whatever it might be, Landover, he already whoever yeah, whoever buys the team, yours. the land is yours. Yep. So Virginia is behind the eight ball here in that regard, even though they have the most desire to actually build the stadium. But don't think for one minute though that if the new owner Got a deal in Virginia. He could sell that land and everything out there in Landover probably for pretty good coin to be developed. Uh, yeah, you would think if they're working in concert with Prince George's County on mm-hmm. the expansion of like the Blue Line or whatever it is and and, and, and the um, all the things that PG County said they were going to do to spruce up the area outside of the stadium. Problem is, if you're an investor, right? Say you buy that property, and okay, uh, say you buy that property, well, for at least the next three or four years, there's going to be a stadium and then a demolition project underway, right? So that, that land is of no use to you other than cornering the market on it for five to seven years from now, at least, right? Like meaning, theory, if you're yes. if you're a, a real estate investor, there's nothing you could do with that land until the stadium is gone. Right. Now, may, maybe some of that surrounding land, I guess you could start to build stuff on. I guess, I guess, but I mean, like we're we're still going to football games for at least the next five years at FedEx Field, which they own. Yep. So I still think that's where a new stadium is going to be built because that is likely, going yeah. to be. The easiest thing for the new owner. Yeah. They control the whole situation. Yeah. The only question is if while they're building a new stadium, you know, what do you, you know, how do you how do you play at the old one, build the right. new one on that property 
manage parking, all that other stuff. Well, right now it's not a problem because nobody goes. Well. Or not enough people go. A new owner, there's going to be a lot more people. There's going to be a lot more the short people. term. Right. If they still go 4-13, and 13, yeah. we'll come back to right. light crowds. Right now it's not a major problem because not enough. I mean, you know, we're not looking at 90,000 people going right now. But, I mean, it would get trickier. There's no doubt about it. Coming up, one of our great colleagues in the Odyssey Company, Craig Carton, joins us next right here on Russell and Medhurst on the Team 980 and streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. Halfway home on a Wednesday morning, Craig Carton coming up here in just a couple of minutes. Doug Williams coming up at the top of the hour. Excited to hear your conversation with Doug and a guy that has been such a terrific ambassador for the Washington football team uh, can certainly relate to the two quarterbacks playing in the game this mm-hmm. week as uh, he was the first African-American quarterback to actually win uh, the Super Bowl and, again, knock down another barrier that uh, had been looming over the heads of uh, potential African-American quarterbacks in the National Football League. We'll get to uh, that coming up at the top of the hour. Interesting notes in the show, Doc, uh, to to talk about real quick from an NFL perspective. Sean Payton basically said, um, (laughs) (laughs) you know, remember when Tom Brady had his workout guy, all that other stuff? Sean Payton basically said, uh, you know, Russ has got that corner office and all those people. Uh, No, we're not going to have that We're not doing that. And Um, that's the smartest thing to do. Uh, I understood what Bill Belichick was doing with Tom Brady and Alex Guerrero. mm -hmm. I I know that pissed Tom Brady off, but – you can't have the quarterback be I mean the quarterback is obviously more important than others but you can't have them on such a freaking platform such a pedestal that when it goes wrong or when said quarterback is a little bit of a a, a rubbish jerk <laughs> that it, it it highlights it, it accentuates the problem do you think it you can't hum- have that do you think last season and the way it went humbled Wilson so much that it took no. all leverage he had in that situation away. In other words, he was in no position to yeah. really counter uh, Sean Payton on this because he was an absolute disaster last year. I, I mean, that, that's fair. All right, so yeah, that's fair. I, I, do, do I think Russell Wilson's humbled? Do, do I think he's like all of a sudden going to be a different person? No, I don't I don't think so. And there's more to this, too, what what Terry Bradshaw said. We'll and get that, to that. Well, that. That's what we got uh, here. We'll get to this right now. Sean Payton apparently didn't want to fix Russ, but took the job anyway. Fox is Terry Bradshaw. They don't like it. They flat don't like it. He'll stop that. So you think he'll work. He'll be an effective coach with that team and that makeup. He's going to be a successful coach because he's going to get that team and he's going to get he's going to create that makeup and that doesn't mean it's going to be with the people. Okay, okay. Now, quarterbacks, you know, he's never going to have to do this. He ain't going to sit here. You know, his little ass is thirty-five million a year for ten years. You're going to see a win. Shit. That makes me sick. Man alive. Three hundred grand I made. The most. Ain't that sad? 
All right, so Terry's talking about his money. Nobody cares. Uh, I mean, he's giving away. And by the way, you got to suppose- love Radio Row because you can hear the other yeah. shows that yeah. are all on top yeah. of him and another table right. next to him and everything. I, I mean, Terry's like so that. rich, he's giving away his money for free, as Fox tells you every game and every chance they get. But, but put what that it- in perspective. That's a four-time Super Bowl yeah. champion, and the most money he ever made uh, this season was $300,000. Yeah, I mean, he was four-time Super Bowl champion in the 70s. I, I understand know? that. Um, I understand Real that. quickly, before Craig joins us, because we're going to get him in, in just a sec, and maybe we can bounce this off him. I was more intrigued, not necessarily by the whole personal coach thing, by the fact that Terry contends, according to reporters that were there, and I haven't actually heard this part of the – like Terry referred to his teammates, Russell Wilson's teammates, not liking Russ, which I think we all now know. But Terry also referred to Sean Payton did not choose the Denver Bronco job because he wanted to work and fix Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. It was the best opportunity for him and the team that most desperately wanted him and was willing to pay the compensation to fix the nightmare of Russell Wilson, or at least... And it's not just one year for Russ. He was on the downside in Seattle. Make no mistake about that. But my point being is, if that is accurate, now I'm sure Sean will deny, oh, Terry's just cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, whatever, so that there's no controversy. I could see Sean being cocky and arrogant enough where he said, I mean, I'll go I'll go there and try and fix him. But just so everybody knows, I didn't take this job because I know I can fix him or because I believe in him so much. I'm freaking Sean Payton, and Russ is going to have to adhere like glue to me. And, and I'll work with him, but I'm not going there for him. And he also correctly, by the way, said hell no to working with Kyler Murray. Remember, Brad Shaw had been working on the set with Peyton all year. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. so lots know, of inside stories. Lot, there. You know there's probably some truth in there to what Terry oh, absolutely. Uh, is saying right now. Well, first of all, I wouldn't want to go work with the Cardinals anyway because organizationally they've been a disaster. Uh, I mean, there's just consistency from the organization and its front office just hasn't been there. So if I'm Sean Payton, I don't want to hitch my giddy up uh, to that wagon. At least with Denver, I have a chance to influence new ownership uh, with a new organization going forward. I have a chance to have some influence there because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. they haven't been together long enough, you know, for some preconceived notions uh, or some mindsets to take place philosophically. They fired their guy after one year. They came aggressively after me. So I have a chance to have some mega influence there. That's why that job was so attractive to Sean Payton because Sean Sean can call all the shots here. Right Now, ultimately, next year, if they moved on from Russell Wilson – it would even after next season, it would still like be eighty four million dollars in yeah. dead cap money. Basically, what they did when they re my understanding when they redid the contract is the first three years, meaning now the next two years are fully guaranteed, and they are stuck like molasses to Russell Wilson. After that, there's a lot of unguaranteed money in that deal that they can probably get out of. So they're stuck with him for two more years. All right, pleased to be joined now by our Odyssey colleague, Craig Carton from WFAN in New York, plus now with a great new TV show as well. Craig, Pete and Chris here in D.C. Appreciate a few minutes this morning. How are you? 
Good. That's funny. I was, I, was, I was looking at your Twitter account for a split second. I actually thought there was a donkey driving a truck. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I swear I did a double take to go, wait a minute. All right. It was a, it, I got it. I yes. actually thought, though, that you were like on some farm and a donkey <laughs> grabbed the tractor trailer. <laughs> Trust me, Craig, we don't live far from farms. It might not be impossible uh, around these parts. Yeah. But as you know, in New York, you know how people can drive. Uh, like maniacs. There, there's a lot of farms up in New York City, too, by the way. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. listen, there are not a lot of farms where we got plenty of donkeys. Yeah, yeah. well, that, that's true. No doubt. That's true. Craig joins us on behalf of uh, our colleagues at FanDuel uh, as their responsible gaming ambassador. Craig, look, let's face it. I mean, those of us obviously well within the industry, sports fans know, you know, you lived this. Uh, this this is a lifelike discussion for you. This played out in public uh, for yeah. you, so you know you know the highs, you know the lows uh, of all of this, and it's an industry now that demands you still be a part of it because of yep. the marketing that goes on. Why team with FanDuel? Why do it? Do it obviously from the responsible gaming side here going forward. No, those are fair questions. You know, my story sadly played out, you know, on the front pages of the newspapers and, you know, going to prison and, and all that jazz that was all related around my out of control, you know, ego, thinking I was just the greatest gambler that ever walked on the face of the earth. You know, the reason I'm doing it is it's kind of multifold. One, I made a promise to people I met in rehab that if I ever got back in my feet and had a platform on TV and or radio, and I'm blessed, you know, to have both now that I would be the voice in the face of responsible gambling because I really never had one. Mm -hmm. uh, the reason I'm doing it with FanDuel is because, you know, they weren't blowing smoke up my butt when they uh, first approached me about their interest in doing what would you'd think would be counterintuitive to, you know, operating what amounts to an online casino or book, and that's warned people about the potential dangers. You know, I didn't believe it either. And then the more I talked to them and recognized the significant resources and manpower, you know, they're putting behind it, uh, I fell in love with them. You know, people don't know this, but if you work for FanDuel, you cannot get a bonus if you don't go through a responsible gaming, you know, online tutorial and uh, take an exam at the end. So they're true to it. And then I thought, you know, I'm in this really cool position where I was fortunate enough to get back on the radio in New York and now you're on TV with Fox Sports 1, and they've got this great platform also. Why not join the industry leader in telling people, look, it ain't a seedy back alley thing. It is prolific now. It's coast to coast. There's going to be $16 billion wagered on the Super Bowl this year, which is more than ever before. Let's just tell people that might be doing it for the first time, hey, it's all good, but you know, have a couple of these ideas in your back pocket to protect you from something you may not even know is going to exist in your life, which is going from being really responsible and recreational and social to a place where I got where gambling mm -hmm. took over my life and led me down a bad path. Yeah, Craig, how easy was it you know, before everything that officially unfolded with you to get into that seedy, dark world. Because, I, you know, I remember growing up on Long Island, my dad, who worked for the Long Island Railroad, he'd come back with the football cards, you know, every week, and they'd pick the teams and, you know, uh, whatever yeah. little pool they had. And, and that was when sports gambling was, again, illegal outside of in Vegas and I, I, not even in Atlantic City you couldn't do that. So how easy was it? 
for you to get into that world, if you will, number one. And then number two, I guess, coming out of it on the other side, and again, working with FanDuel, how difficult has it been to kind of manage, I guess, impulses and temptations? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll go backwards. Um, it was really easy to get into it. It was really difficult to get out of it. And I say that because it's all ego-based. Uh, I don't want to hear anybody. I don't want to listen to anybody telling me that I was, you know, being out of control or making bad decisions or wagering too much because I just thought, like I said, I was just so damn good at it. And there were nights where, you know, I could back that statement up and that just further fueled my desire to do it. I, I'm very blessed that... I met people who cared about me outside of people who love me, you know, people uh, in GA, people in rehab that recognized, you know, that I was where they were, you know, let's say six months prior, a year prior. And it wasn't until I met this group of about 12 or 13 men and women in rehab where I took ownership of having a problem because they went around the room that everyone tells their own story. Mm-hmm. And being the new guy, I went last. And these 12 or 13 other men and women who were literally there because they were addicted to dollar scratch offs, $5 Kino, you know, such small amounts of money that didn't make sense to me because here I am, the big, you know, tough guy betting ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 a hand of blackjack, 25 grand on a ball game. And I couldn't understand why I was in the same room with them. And when they went around the room, they each described the way they processed the addiction emotionally and mentally using the same exact words and thoughts that I had as if I had written a script and given it to them. And that was the day that I took ownership of the fact that A, I got a problem and B, I got to do something about it because I went to rehab for the wrong reasons. I thought it would look good. I thought my family would get off my back. And once I met those people, I was able to put my ego aside and say, hey, time out. Mm. You've got a problem. And it was that day that my life started getting better. You know, here I am now, almost five full years without wagering at all. And there was a point in my life where if you'd said to me, you can't wager this weekend, Mm -hmm. I would have told you you were crazy. Um, So I'm blessed to be where I'm at. And then, you know, partnering with a company like FanDuel takes it seriously, you know, has been a real big part of not only my recovery, but my opportunity to kind of... I guess get even with uh, with um, the world. Like I did bad things, I went down a bad road, and I do kind of feel like karma exists. And now that I'm in a position to help other people before they go down the road I went down, I'm trying to get you know even uh, cosmically. And I don't know if I ever will, but uh, I take great pride in allowing my story to be told publicly, sharing it myself, and being uh, a beacon for people who don't other- otherwise know where to go to get help. WFAN host and, of course, FanDuel uh, Responsible Gaming Ambassador Craig Carton joining us here. Craig, you mentioned, obviously, uh, you know, you step to rehab's door even with the wrong mindset. For those that are into this, and I, 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 you know, Chris and I were talking about this earlier. You know, Michigan State jumps out fifteen nothing on Maryland last night, and I can't imagine because of the tools that are available, a bunch of people jumped on that thing in game impulsively, boom, 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 right. and then literally were sweating it out until the very last moment. If a kid from Michigan State doesn't get a dunk with two seconds to go, Michigan State doesn't cover uh, in that game. How do people find these responsible gaming tools now uh, that you and FanDuel are starting to put out there to try and get? FanDuel wants everybody to have fun. FanDuel wants everybody to make a buck. But at the same time, FanDuel doesn't want to have a lineup of people that are stepping to rehab's door as a result of, you know, stuff they're doing on FanDuel. 
Yeah, I know. That's right. It's funny. Well, first, let me just back up to the Michigan State-Maryland game. It's always been interesting to me that we always talk about the bad beats, right? Like, like that would have been, I guess, last night. But on the other side of that, there's another kid somewhere that's sweating the other side of that game that's thrilled when you have a bad beat because he just got you know, a cheap win. Um, you know, the FanDuel uh, kind of rules of engagement that they put into play is something that we discussed you know, almost two years ago. And it was just letting young gamblers especially recognize that uh, you could put things in play before you ever make that wager that ultimately are going to help you. And the two big ones for me are time limits and wager limits. Mm-hmm. Like if you're making 50000 bucks a year, $1,000 a week, you shouldn't have $500 on a game. You mm-hmm. can't afford it. Mm-hmm. So if you go into it saying, all right, look, here's the uh, you know, uh, additive income I have, the extra income I have. I got 1000 bucks in the bank. I'm not going to let myself bet more than 50 bucks a game or you know, whatever the numbers might be for each individual. You can do that beforehand, so you should. You shouldn't be sitting on the FanDuel app for hours a day. You should go to the app, make your wager, and don't go back to the app until your wager wins or loses. Uh, and you can set all that stuff up, and you can go to FanDuel.com slash play well to learn more about it. And then you know my mantra for gamblers, especially you know the fastest growing group of gamblers are young guys, right? And for me, the big thing I say to those young guys when I counsel them or when I tell my story is you are going to lose games. As good as you think you are in handicapping a ball game, you are going to lose a good number of games. If you lose a game, live to fight another day. Don't chase it. So if you lose a game at 7 o'clock and you're ticked off that you lost the game, and now you're willy-nilly throwing your money at a 11 o'clock West Coast game that you know nothing about, mm-hmm. you can't name anybody on the court, but you're so upset you just lost 100 bucks. you're betting another 100 on a game you know nothing about, you're going down a silly road. And that road can obviously have legitimate consequences. All right, Craig Carton with us, of course. Let's go on WFAN on the Odyssey app in the afternoons with Evan Roberts. Of course, watch him uh, in the mornings um, while we're driving in and while we're doing our show here on the Carton Show on FS1. Uh, and, of course, with us on behalf of FanDuel and FanDuel Sportsbook. Uh, yeah. Let me get a football thing in for you. I mean, everybody's talking about the Super Bowl. I don't know which side you've got. Uh, I, I, I like the Eagles, whatever. But let me ask you from a local perspective in New York. A, is Daniel Jones going to be back in your eyes? One. Two, who's going to be the quarterback of the Jets and three big picture for us and our audience how much do you like or not like what the commanders are all about Uh, I like nothing about the commanders at all I think it's a dysfunctional franchise that needs new ownership Uh, and until they get that ownership I think it will remain dysfunctional I don't even like the name commanders (laughs) I actually really I loved Washington football team and this may be for a silly reason I don't know where they came up with that font but it was awesome. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. Um, look, we're NFC East guys, right? Yep. Although I'm a Jet fan. Yep. I, we can't watch the Eagles win another Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, we, that can't happen on our watch. So um, I'm all in on Kansas City all from right. that standpoint, right. only just as a New Yorker. Um, I think the best place for Danny Jones is New York. I think you saw him become a legitimate NFL quarterback under Brian Dable uh, with one year. But, you know, some of the numbers I hear are crazing me because, you know, he threw 15 touchdown passes this year. Like, this is a quarterback-driven, offense-driven league, 
and he threw 15 total touchdowns. So the notion of giving Danny Jones 40 million bucks a year is just crazy talk to me. I do think he's coming back. I think you're looking at a deal for like four or five years in the mid to high 20 million bucks a year, maybe even getting into the low 30s. But how could anybody give Danny Jones you know, a five-year, $200 million contract right. Right. when he just threw 15 touchdown passes. Um, so that that's my take on that. But I do think he will be the New York Giant quarterback. In regards to the Jets, the only thing I can promise you is this. We will find a way to screw it up because it's what we do. We'll probably wind up with Jimmy Garoppolo because Derek <laughs> Carr is going to go to New Orleans. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers is going to spend four days in some blacked-out you know, uh, you know, room, and he's going to wake up crazy and go to Vegas, and I'm going to be sitting there saying, oh, Jimmy Garoppolo, great. Hey, uh, Craig, I got a quarterback for you. You want Carson Wentz? Go. <laughs> no. you, want, you want Carson Wentz? <laughs> Let me tell you something, uh, let, let me t- let me you something Craig. We do three hours a day. We used to do four hours a day. They've cut us down because uh, they don't like the truth around here. Uh, and, and, but, but you do like four and a half hours a day or whatever you do uh, with Evan. If you need content, Carson Wentz is good content. Yeah, I'm going to uh, respectfully pass on Carson Wentz. Uh, Car- by the way, Carson Wentz is just an old version of Zach Wilson. So I'll say no to that. <laughs> Craig, could you do what Aaron Rodgers is about to do? Could you do four days in just this darkened retreat where all they're doing no, is passing no, food no. through a slot to no. you? <laughs> no. First off, I'd be worried about going to the bathroom. Where do you do that? Uh, and secondly, I was talking about it this morning. I don't think I could make it like a half hour. Mm, I'm with uh, you. And I was reading about it. Most people crap out of that thing in under an hour yeah. because you start playing, like your brain can't process nothingness. So it starts inventing things that don't exist, like sounds. And I would lose the battle against my brain all day, every day. And I don't think it would be a good thing for me, health wise. That guy's a strange bird, man. Craig, I'll let but you know. the thing, like, you know, the biggest thing is, you know, for Jet fans that obviously want him, the hope now is that four days in that isolation house. You know, makes him crazy enough to say yes to the Jets. <laughs> hey, Brett Favre did at one point. Yeah. So Yeah, he sure did, didn't he? You know? and, and then he sent pictures yeah. of his pee-pee. We'll, we'll, let, <laughs> <laughs> we'll let you out on this. Uh, I told Russell when they hired Brian Dable, I thought it was going to be a problem for the rest of the division. Uh, yeah. You've seen a year uh, there. You saw the progress they made. Do you believe that that's real and that that group is really going to be able to uh, do even more going forward? Yeah, I think he's a great coach. I think you recognize why you know he Josh Allen became such a stud. People may forget that was under Brian Dable's watch. Uh, you saw Daniel Jones, of course, become a good quarterback. Not great yet, but good. And now you can only imagine if they improve the talent around him and get him some wide receivers, uh, et cetera. I would just think he's going to keep progressing. But I thought, well, you so here's you know, one you know when you watch a coach, and I know Ron Rivera came under some fire this year, as a lot of coaches do you know right away if the guy's competent on the sideline during a game. When do you call a timeout? When don't you call a timeout? When do you review? All that stuff. And I think Brian Dable cleared every one of those hurdles. I think the Giants were very fortunate to get him as their head coach. Craig, super stuff. Appreciate you uh, taking some time yep. for us uh, this morning and uh, continued success spreading the word uh, as FanDuel's responsible gaming ambassador. Appreciate the time this morning. Thanks, Craig. And how much do you guys just love the Odyssey app? Isn't it the best? 
all the time, my friend. Because I can can listen to you driving up and down the road when I'm broadcasting (laughs) games during the Patriot League season every afternoon. Absolutely love it, my friend. Appreciate it, sir. Uh, Be good, guys. Take care. It's Craig Carton joining us. He and Evan Roberts every afternoon on our sister station, WFAN. But more importantly, spreading the word about responsible gaming. Because, look, FanDuel wants you to have fun. Everybody wants you to have fun, make some money, have some fun with it. But, again, there are pitfalls uh, that go along with it. When you go to FanDuel's site, you go to the Play Well site, and it shows you how you can do those things that Craig is talking about so you can avoid the pitfalls that he speaks truthfully on because they happened to him. So appreciate Craig joining us on behalf of FanDuel as their responsible gaming ambassador. Coming up 10 minutes away from Doug Williams' conversation with Chris Russell yesterday as uh, we get set for the Super Bowl with the Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll also turn back the clock to what was a beautiful Super Bowl twenty-two. All that and more over the final hour right here on the Team 980, streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. Coming up, Chris's conversation with Doug Williams. You know, it's funny listening to Sheehan's Super Bowl trivia. I find myself driving down the road answering all the questions and screaming the answers. I won't give away the ones that Kevin has refiled because people haven't been able to get them. There's so many, though, that could come out of that game that Doug played. Clearly, you know, what they did in that second quarter. Some of the cast of characters that were responsible One of those men still holds a record in that game. And as we told you a few weeks ago, we were talking about he played 19 games in the NFL and and still holds a Super Bowl uh, record uh, for performance uh, in the league. It just goes to show you, you know, we've seen plenty of stars. You and I have talked about what stars do, right? Mm -hmm. Think about all the unheralded people that have been a part of Washington's Super Bowl success in the past. And maybe it's even more a credit to the genius that was Joe Gibbs, that was Bobby Beathard in terms of roster construction. Uh, I mean, just one of the great coach and front office combinations. And they never, I mean, they they weren't all, you know, it wasn't all hunky-dory all the time between them. There 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 were disagreements. But as Mr. Cook famously said to both of them, you go get however you need, you just better make sure they win. So, and, and obviously Doug's story is great. I mean, Doug had been, you know, in the USFL, obviously looked like he was on an ascension with Tampa, got hurt, and, you know, Coach Gibbs reached back out when Dre Schrader started to fail, and Dougie Fresh got him to the Super Bowl and helped him raise the Lombardi Trophy. We'll hear from Doug Williams coming up next right here on the Team 980 and streaming live for free on the Odyssey app.